Take your Bibles with me, please, to the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 3. As we continue to go verse by verse through the Bible, we have come to verse 19 of 1 John chapter 3, and in our text it is going to talk to us about how to have confidence toward God, confidence toward God, a very needed thing in our lives, and... Let's look at what God says about it. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 19, the Bible says, And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, Then have we confidence toward God. That's what we're looking at this morning. Then have we confidence toward God. Do you have confidence toward God? Confidence toward God. You know, God doesn't want you to live in fear. God doesn't want you to live in doubts. God does not want you to live in confusion concerning your relationship with Him or what eternity is going to be like. And God isn't, He's not the boogeyman. He's not trying to play games with you. He's the most caring person you'll have in your life. And He wants the best for you. He wants what is best for you. That's why He spared not His only Son for us. And He's not trying to make things hard. He wants us to have confidence toward Him. Now, I think you need confidence in life just in general. But here he's talking about more than having just confidence in your life. So many people are plagued with doubts and fears and troubles and confusion. They have no confidence as they live their life. That's not a good way to live. But it's even a worse way to have a life with God that you're not sure about. God doesn't want you to live that way. He doesn't want you to live not not knowing. And one of the great things about God is, is that He put everything in a book so we would know. So we would have the answers. That's what's wrong with these people that believe in God, but they don't believe in the Bible. Evidently, they believe in a God that is uncaring or unconcerned. Because if there is a God, He would want to communicate with us. Unless he is unkind, unless he's uncaring, unless he's uninterested. And yet God is none of those things. He's very interested and he's very caring and he's very concerned. And so the God of the universe put things in a book so that we would not guess about things. So we wouldn't be confused about things. So we would not doubt. So we could know some things. And that's what many things in, in, in 1 John is, is written concerning. He uses that word no so many times. He doesn't want you to live without that knowledge. He doesn't want you to live in ignorance. Now, I will say this though. You can never have confidence toward God or confidence toward eternity if you're not saved. You, you'll never have any confidence. If you don't know that you've been born again, if you've never come to Calvary and received the Lord, you can have no confidence because there's no confidence to be had. 
And so there's a reason a lot of people don't have confidence. And when they pillow their head, they're, they're in doubt of heaven or hell or what's going to be in eternity if I die. Because sal- salvation is a must for confidence to be in your life. You've got to be saved. But yet I've met a lot of people that are saved that also do not have that confidence. And that's because of several reasons. I'll give you two before we get into our text, which I think gives one of the great reasons why people don't have confidence in God. Or confidence toward God. You know, if you're living in rebellion to God, you'll never have any confidence toward Him. There's no way to have confidence in a relationship with God in whom you, with whom you are not listening, with whom you are, uh, uh, are fighting against or you're contrary to. You can't have a confidence in a relationship with someone that you stand opposed to, that your life is in contrast to the dictates of what He has chosen for our life. So what I'm saying is, is sin, sin destroys confidence. It destroys my confidence toward God. It destroys confidence in my life. Many times a lack of confidence comes because of sin. Sin brings so many doubts. Sin brings so many fears. Sin brings so much confusion. And God doesn't want you to live that way. You do not have to live in rebellion toward God. You do not have to live uh, with sin having victory and dominion over your life. Jesus came not only to save us from our sin, but save us from that power and control and bondage that that sin will do in our lives. So, So it's not just lost people that don't have confidence. There are some saved people that don't have confidence. There's some saved people that don't even believe that, that uh, salvation is forever. They think you've got to be saved a hundred different times in life. I'm glad that the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches you have eternal life. It's a birth. It's a birth. You don't have... <laughs> if you came to me and, and I asked you when your birthday was and you gave me ten different dates, I'd think you've got a screw loose. Is that not true? You've got one birthday. You're only born one day. You know, some people don't believe that. There are some people that are saved that don't believe that they're eternally secure. I feel sorry for those people. Salvation is not for a little while. It's forever. And you ought to have confidence. Now, look at our text. How can I have assurance? That's the first thing I want to deal with. How can we have assurance? Verse number 19. And hereby we know. Now, you know, it's a great difference between me knowing something and God knowing something. Is that not true? Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. Look at verse 20. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than a heart and knoweth all things. Do you believe there are some things that God knows that you don't know? Now, I would hate this to be the case. But there are some people that may not know they're saved because some, certain things have come in their life. But God has a greater knowledge than they do. So how could that ever happen with a saved person? Well, you know, uh, in our society, something's very prevalent. It's called dementia. It plagues a whole section of our society. You know, one day I could find myself in a room not knowing, not only that God had saved me, but not even knowing what my name is. You understand? My knowledge is limited. My knowledge can be messed up. 
But the great thing about God is God knows a whole lot more than I do. And He doesn't forget. And He's never confused. And so the Bible lets us know that, that though we know some things, God knows a lot more than we know. But now it's important what we know. Look at our text. He said, and hereby we do know that we know Him and shall assure our hearts before Him. We need to assure our, we need to have that knowledge. Let me say, let me say very simply that you'll never have confidence with God unless you have assurance. Look at the verse. And shall assure our hearts before Him. And you'll never get to that confidence toward God unless you have assurance. Assurance of salvation brings confidence toward God. You can't have confidence if you don't have assurance. And let me say this, salvation and assurance of salvation is not the same thing. It is not. What brings about my salvation and what brings about my assurance of my salvation is not the same. We go through the book of 1 John and we'll find some things that bring assurance to our hearts. He says, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. Now, some people say this, well, when you get saved, God gives you assurance. Well, I do believe God gives us assurance. But you know our verse, would you look at our verse one more time and let, and let these words tell you exactly what God wants you to know? 19, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our heart. You know, God gives you assurance, but God also says this, you ought to give yourself assurance. Do you see that in the Bible? Hereby we do know that we know them and shall assure our hearts. We're doing that. We're bringing the assurance. and, And what brings the assurance to my heart is not the same thing that brings salvation to my life. Are you following me? My salvation was holy of God. I'm not going to do anything to bring about my salvation, but trust the Lord. But I can bring assurance to me. Well, how do I have assurance? How can I have assurance? God wants me to have it. He said in Hebrews 10, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. He said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. Much assurance. He said in 2 Timothy 3, 14, He said, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. You ought to have some assurance in your life. God didn't want you to doubt. He didn't want you to have fear. Well, how do I have that? Well, first of all, look at 1 John chapter 5. We'll sort of go backward from the book. There are five things in 1 John that God puts in this book that give us assurance. 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 9. He said, if we receive the witness of men... Hey, if I tell you you're saved, you know what? That, that, that doesn't hold water. If your mother and daddy tell you you're saved, that, that's not good enough. You know, the the sad truth is some people will trust a man telling them something more than they will trust God telling them something. It doesn't matter who thinks you're saved or who tells you're saved. It matters what God tells you. You say, well, how's God going to tell me? Let's read. He said, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Amen. 
Watch it, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Verse 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may, what's the word? Know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So the first way I assure my heart, I assure my heart with the witness of God, the record of God, the book that He wrote. I have to tell you this, if it's not for this book, I have no assurance ever. I can't assure my heart about anything. This is God's book. This is is the truth. This is from heaven. And the reason that I have assurance is because I go to God's record that He wrote. And it said if I believed on the Son of God, if I believed on Him, not believe about Him, not believe in my head, but if I believe on Him, That means I put my trust in Him. I'm not trusting in my church. I'm not trusting in my religion. I'm not trusting in my baptism. I'm not trusting in my good deeds. I believe on the Son. My faith is on Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I believed on Him. And the book says, God says, if I believed on the Son, I have eternal life. And I need to know that. Why? Because God said that. And either God's a liar and the whole book's not true and let's just all eat, drink, be merry and die. Or that book is all of God's truth. And if it tells me if I believe on the Son, I have eternal life, I'm going to assure my heart and all I have to do is open that book and go back to that book and say, all right, there's the record. That's God's record. That's not my record. That's God's record. So I assure my heart with God's record. Not what I said, but what He said. Understand? Now the only problem is if you've not believed on the Son, you need to do that. But what we have, we have a lot of people that don't have assurance that believed on the Son 25 times and they still don't have assurance. I don't understand that. And maybe it's the fact that I need to go back to God's record and assure my heart. I know, not He knows, I know. When I trust the record. When I trust the witness of God. God's not going to lie to me like everybody else does. (laughs) I believe what he said. How else do I assure my heart? How do I have assurance? Look at chapter chapter 4. Chapter 4 verse 13. Hereby know we. There it is again. Hereby know we. That we dwell in him and he in us. Because he hath given us of his what? So the spirit of God is put in your body. To bring assurance to your life. Look at chapter 3, the last verse, verse 24. He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. The second way I have assurance and I have confidence toward God is that he's given me of his Spirit. He's given me the Spirit of God. You say, well, I don't know that. Well, you... How, how can something big as God be in your body and you not know it? 
What do you think all the songs in that hymn book are about? And he walks with me and he talks. What is that about? That's about God putting his spirit in us. What do you think it is when you feel bad when you do wrong? And other people don't ever feel bad about nothing they do. Because he's put a spirit in you that speaks to you and reminds you about what is wrong and what is right. He puts a spirit in you to give you joy and peace. He puts his spirit in you to give comfort in your life. A great way to, uh, that we as saved people assure our hearts. We, we look at all the steps of our life where that Holy Ghost has interacted with our life on the inside. He doesn't do that to somebody that's not saved. I assure my heart by the spirit which he's given to me. I know he's down in there. I hear him. I feel him moving around in there from time to time. Amen. So the Spirit of God brings assurance. The book of God, his record brings assurance. But look at chapter 4, verse, verse number 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You can also assure your hearts because if you weren't saved, you wouldn't want to listen to the truth. The natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. Neither can he know them. They're spiritually discerned. Lost people don't want to know the Bible. Lost people aren't interested in hearing the Bible. He says, he says if, if you're of God, you hear us. By the way, that's a good checkup. This is a good checkup list, you know, as well. If somebody is totally uninterested in the Word of God, no wonder they've lost assurance. And maybe they're not even saved. Because if you're of God, there's something about you that that wants this. There's something about you that agrees with this. Even if you're backslidden, you still agree with this. You just aren't doing it. Are you with me? You still believe it's true. And those that have no assurance and have no salvation. They're not interested in that. And then he also says in verse number 7, 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So now this is the context of our passage in 1 John chapter 3. Where he says in verse 19, and hereby we know that we are of the truth. You know what the context is. The context is verse 18 and verse 17 and verse 16 and verse 15. You know what it's about? It's about us loving one another. Look up there at verse number 14. 1 John 3, 14. We know. There it is again. I'm talking about how we get assurance for ourselves. 1 John 3, 14. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. You know, we can assure our hearts that we're saved because if God hadn't saved me, I wouldn't love you. Hey, guys, it ain't, it's not natural to love everybody. Amen. That's not natural. I have to love you. Doesn't mean I have to like you, but I have to love you. Amen. I have to. I can't help, you know why? Because the Bible says the Holy Ghost has been put in my heart. He's shed abroad that love in my heart. There's love he put down in there. And when you're born of God, you've got love put down. And I tell you what, how do I assure myself? that? that how do I give myself assurance? Well, I, by his book, his record. 
because I have His Spirit, because I, I agree with and I listen to the truth, and also because I have love for the brethren that I would never have. He gave me affinity for the people of God. I tell you what, you can also go back through these, and if you don't have any of these, you better you better find out what's wrong. First John chapter two. So I, this is five ways you assure your own heart that you're saved, that you give yourself assurance before God. Okay, I got the book. And for me, to be honest with you, I just stop right there. That first one's enough for me. I don't even have to have all five. I'm glad they're there, but I don't even have to have all five. If God gave me one verse, that's enough. I don't, I believe, he's, I don't believe he lies. But First John chapter 2, would you look at it? He says in verse number 3, And hereby we do know. There, there, that, that's, that's our knowledge. It's not God's knowledge. It's our knowledge, our assurance. Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his what? Commandments. Verse 5. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby, there's a word again, know we that we're in him. In other words, I can assure my heart before him because I would not want to live this life if he had not given me a new nature. The reason that I do what God told me to do is because He saved me. He's changed me. These are not things that I would choose to do. This is the life that God's put in me to live. We are not saved by our works. But I'm going to tell you one thing. If you're not working and living and obeying God's commandments, you'll not have any assurance. You understand the difference? You know how I know that? Second Peter chapter 1. We won't turn there. He tells us to add to our faith. We need to be, obey the Lord. Add to our faith. But if you don't add to your faith, if you don't grow in the Lord, if you don't do what God tells you to do, you know what he said in Second Peter chapter 1? It, I think it's about verse 9. He says, And he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Listen, listen. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. He forgot that God even took away his sin. Why? Because he came to a point in his life, he stopped obeying God. He stopped living for God. He stopped being what God wanted. And he lost all assurance of his salvation. Now, I'm not saying that all people that don't know they're saved is because they're living a bad life. But I'm just saying that adds to a lack of assurance. How could I have confidence toward God if I'm not living right? I'm not going to have it. And the great thing about being saved is you may not live right, but there's something inside of you that lets you know about it. And the chastening hand of God is in our lives if we're saved. Lost people can live any way they want to and it doesn't affect them. But if you're saved by the grace of God, you will. I never forget sitting down with a man years ago in Virginia and I said, you can do that, sir, but you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life because God has built into your salvation a misery quotient. You can't just live the life of a lost person. You're going to be chastened. You're going to be bothered. 
So how do I get assurance? Well, those, there's five ways. I'm not through with the text. Would you go back to 1 John chapter 3? He said in verse number 20 of 1 John chapter 3, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Let me talk about your heart because here's the thing I want to say to you. that We can, we can have assurance. We can assure our hearts. But we also have a problem. The perils of our own feelings. Our hearts do really weird things. You know confidence is the opposite of your feelings. You know you'll never get confidence with your feelings. Because your feelings are all over the place. You know people give our, our ladies a bad rap. They say you know ladies are run by their feelings and they're up and down. And oh, we know that's, that's true. But that's, that's, a, that's a human condition. It's just not a female condition. We all have feelings. We all have hearts that are up and down. Well, what if my heart condemns me? What if I feel like I'm not saved? You know what? You can say that with anything. You know, I may not feel like I'm married. I mean, but it's just true. You say, well, you got a ring. No, it, it don't matter if that's on there or not. I'm still married. Well, I don't feel married. Really? You know, I forget which child it was, but one of my children talked the other child into thinking that, that they were adopted. Has that happened to every family? I don't know. And so that child went around feeling like it. That, that, what, did that change anything at all? All the depression. Oh, I don't feel. You don't go by your feet. Now, look, I'm glad I've got feelings. I'm glad God saved me and there's emotion in it. I'm not saying that. But th- that's not where I get my assurance. There is a perilous thing in our hearts that makes us feel up and down. Do you know some people, that they don't feel like they're in love anymore. You know that is su- such misunderstanding of what love is. Right. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. Right. Amen. Some people feel like they are not loved. You say, well, isn't that true sometimes? Well, let me show you how dangerous that is. How many of you have ever felt like God didn't love you? Come on now, be honest. You ever had that time in your life? How many of you ever felt like God didn't care? You ever lived there? You ever been there? How many of you ever felt like God was so uninteresting and He was... But you know what? Your feeling, your feeling is perilous. Your feeling, your heart... Somebody said, follow your heart. You better not follow your heart. It'll lead. You better follow God. Because your heart, listen, 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 is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So let me ask you a question. If, If I know that about my heart and my heart condemns me, why am I going to listen to my heart? Why am I going to listen to my heart? I remember, and this just sort of happened to people that, that aren't well read in the Bible. I remember Brother Earl Hughes. I never get Brother Earl Hughes preaching our church, and he gave an illustration. He said, I got so low. He said one time, he said, I got under a bridge, and the devil got, all, got on my life and was telling me uh, that I wasn't even saved, let alone called to preach. And he said, the worst thing is, the longer I stayed under that bridge and it was raining outside, he said, I started believing him. 
I started believing that. I wasn't even saved. I wasn't even called to preach. Doubt and feeling invaded the control of his heart. If you're controlled by your feelings, you are in a dangerous place in your life. He says, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than your heart. God's bigger than your feelings. And He knoweth all things. If our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. But you know the strange thing about the heart of man and the feelings of man who is? Many times our hearts don't condemn us. Our hearts will say this, this feels good, do it. It's okay. Listen to me. Our hearts will say, well, this has got to be right. How many times have I heard somebody come to me and say, Preacher, I want to get into this relationship and I know this has got to be right. How do you know it's got to be right? Because I just feel like it's right. And you can't say anything to those people. Because the feelings are the greatest thing in the world. That's why when I counsel people, before you get into a relationship, you better get in it with your head and with God before you ever get into it with your feelings. Because feelings will take a charge of your life. Ah, this feels right. Well, I, you know what? Our hearts, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing of what our hearts make us feel good about and yet what they make us feel bad about. You, say, you know, sometimes your heart will condemn you when you're doing right. You'll feel bad about doing right. What do you mean? Well, I, I just can't. I, I know I've got to be accepting to this new crowd of people. And I, I feel bad that I don't accept the sodomite crowd. And I, I feel bad that my life is so different from other people's life. I feel bad that I'm peculiar. And I, are, are, are you following me? I feel bad about taking a stand. You know what that is? That is a heart of feelings condemning you for doing what's right. But the same heart does not feel bad about not praying. And the same heart does not feel bad about not reading their Bible. Oh, I feel bad about having a gasoline-powered car because it's going to hurt the environment. Now, you laugh at There's some people that... They feel bad about that. But they don't feel bad about the pornography they watch. Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? Oh, I feel bad about mistreatment of animals or hurting an animal or eating an animal. But I don't feel bad about never telling anybody the gospel. I'm just telling you our feelings is nothing to base your life on. And this is what happens to people that are run by their feelings. They never have confidence toward. So if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel it, I tell you what, I guarantee you you'll wake up in the morning and you won't feel saved enough to read your Bible. I don't get up in the morning and read my Bible because I feel it. Now sometimes I do. And sometimes I grab that Bible. Some of you think I'm crazy. I get that. I start kissing that Bible. I do. I mean, I, it, it warms my heart. I was reading my Bible this past week and tears rolled down my eyes, what God was speaking about. And, and the feeling was there. But I tell you what, when I, when I get up tomorrow, I may not feel saved enough to do what I ought to do. But I'm not living by that heart because that heart's 
it's deceitful and, it's, and it might condemn me and everything's great and it might never condemn me and I need to get right with God. Unregenerate people, they're never condemned in their heart, are they? I don't want to go to the place of conviction, but your conscience and your feelings are not the same. Conscience is something God's put in you. By the way, the only time in the Bible the word conviction is in the Bible has to do with your conscience. It's something God put, it's a, it's a compass on the inside of every man that God put in there to let you know what's right and what is wrong. It's not, I'm not talking about feelings. I'm talking about a knowledge of this is right, this is wrong. And when we do wrong, the, the Holy Ghost reproves us. And if we have a good enough conscience, if our conscience is not evil, if our conscience is not defiled, then if our conscience agrees with the reproof of the Holy Ghost and what has been written, then we become convicted in our conscience. But that's not the same as your heart condemning you. You know, God doesn't want you, want you to walk around all the time under condemnation. The whole purpose of your conscience convicting you, the whole purpose of the Holy Ghost reproving you is for you to get right with God, for you to have, amen, the joy of the Lord in your life. He doesn't want to want you to stay in the place of condemnation. He wants you to bring it over to regeneration. He wants you to bring you over to justification. He wants to bring you to the place of sanctification. He not want to let you live in that place of condemnation. That's not God's will. If our heart condemn us, God's greater than my heart and knoweth all things. I know my wife is glad that I don't base our relationship on how I feel. And neither can I base my relationship on God with how I feel. We need to deal with the truth of what God knows instead of what is felt by me. I'm not discounting the fact that you ought to feel saved and you ought to enjoy feeling saved. But I tell you what, you'll never enjoy feeling saved if you're run by your feelings and you never have confidence and assurance. You know where that feeling comes on the inside when we're singing some of those songs? Because I have confidence that I'm really saved. And I have assurance. So I have glory. I have praise. I have thanks. Because it's real. I've got one more verse. Would you join me again in 1 John chapter 3? I've talked to you about how to have assurance and I've talked to you about the perils of your feelings. And then lastly, I want to tell you what the end of the matter should be. Would you look at verse number 20? For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. I want you to notice a little phrase in verse 20. God is greater. Do you see that? In chapter 5 of 1 John, verse 9, it says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is, what does it say? Is greater. Always rely on the greater. (laughs) And you and I are not the greater. You know what uh, the book of Job says, Elihu was, was talking there at the end of that book. You know what he said? He said, God is greater than man. It doesn't matter if the priest says you're saved or you're lost. There's somebody greater than the priest. It doesn't matter what the church says or what your parents say or what you feel. There's something greater than all of that. And God is the one that's greater. God's witness is greater. And God's person is greater. And God's knowledge is greater. And He wants you to live with His knowledge 
And with his con three times the Bible talks about confidence in 1 John here. In 1 John chapter 5, I didn't finish reading it past verse 13. But do you see verse 14? And this is the confidence. Do you see that? But watch it, watch it. That we have where? In Him. You know where confidence comes? It, it, it's found in Jesus. And you'll never have confidence in you. If you do, you're, you're foolish. It's better to trust in the Lord than to be, put confidence in men. Don't have confidence in anything but God. It'll be misplaced. We have confidence in Him. And God is our confidence. Why? He's greater. Like Wednesday night when Brother, brother uh, Jimmy led that song and I got up and that, that got all over me, that little phrase of that song. Trust in my might. Trust in my might, God says. Don't trust in you. Don't trust, trust in my might. I can have confidence in God when I can trust that He's greater. He's greater than what I may or may not forget. He's greater than my life's sum. He's greater than what somebody else can tell me. And the sad truth is a lot of times we, we would take much more confidence if someone would, else would tell us than God would tell us. God wants you to live in confidence. He said in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28, And now little children abide in Him that when He shall appear we may have confidence. And not be ashamed before Him at His coming. I'm just trying to tell you, God wants you to live in confidence. You know why the devil attacks us with doubt? You know why doubt is so destructive and serious? Because if you have doubts and fears and no confidence, you're not going to do anything for God. Because you're always going to be second-guessing everything. You ever met anybody like that? You know, they want to go to McDonald's before they get there and say, No, I won't go to Hardee's. They order a hamburger and say, no, let me change that to chicken. I just don't know what I want. I just can't make up my mind. I'm glad God's mind's already made up and all I have to do is trust His mind. And trust His might. Confidence in Him. He wants me to live that way. Our praying, you know, sometimes our praying has no confidence. God wants me to pray with confidence. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't come up there thinking whether God's going to hear my prayer. No, no, I have confidence toward God that I can come boldly to His throne and talk to Him. Our praying needs confidence. Our living needs confidence. Paul preached with confidence while he was in prison. I don't, I don't have anything for these, prison, these preachers that apologize every other sentence what they're saying. Guys, listen. You know why I'm a confident person? It has nothing to do with my ability or my knowledge. <laughs> I am such a fool that I believe everything in there is true. Amen. And so when I talk about it, I have confidence in it. I got confidence the Spirit of God is in me. So that produces a confident life. I have confidence that I can go to God and get right with God. You know, some people go to God and try to get right with God and they, they don't even think that He listens. I've got confidence that he does. Why? He said he would. Confidence. You have confidence toward God today? I want to end with a few verses and we'll read them and be done. Would you get 2 Corinthians chapter 5? And with your other hand, would you get Ephesians chapter 3? And we'll give you one last shot in Philippians 1. So three little places. You've got all those fingers for a reason. Amen.
2 Corinthians 5, Ephesians 3, Philippians 1. Do you know where you're going to go if you were to die today? Do you know what God thinks about you? Do you have a proper relationship with God? Are you confident toward Him and before Him and as you live your life? He wants you to have that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse number 6. 2 Corinthians 5, 6. Therefore we are, what's that word? Always what? Always confident. Knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. There's the confidence, you see. Verse number 8. We are what? Confident. I say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He's confident in life. He's confident in death. Oh, what a wonderful way to live. He said in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. In verse number 11, Ephesians 3.11, According to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. It's in Him, not in me. Philippians chapter 1, I'm finished. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, great verse in the Bible. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ.